Welcome back to the Compound Podcast, the one-year anniversary. Nico's back on the pod. It just feels right, honestly. Everybody on the pod together. Also, Dakota, it's presented by Parse Rum. Where it is presented by Parse Rum, you're correct. Where every time you drink a bottle, you plant a tree. I've heard that. Nico, that bottle of Parse that's been sitting in between my locker and your locker, I'll just tomorrow I'll just move it right to your locker and it'll be yours. Yeah, I got a little uh, parse action this this off season. It tastes better when it's cold out, so uh, it's good good winter winter alcohol. It def it definitely warms the body. I've drank parse the last three nights because I leave in a couple days and I'm trying to finish it before I leave. So I've been pounding it lately. I'm sure, your whoop band is very proud of you. Uh, yeah, my recovery scores have not been above forty the last three nights, so that's less than ideal. But once you get to camp, they'll all be 99. Once I get to camp, they'll be all green because nothing but water for me. We were just texting before this, before we came on. Um, I would like to read some direct quotes from uh, Zach Short. Me either. I'm driving myself nuts looking at swings. Uh, I saw a tweet today that I'd like to also um, read. Uh, Yes, it's spring training, but Zach Short is 5 for 15 with three doubles, a home run, five walks and six Ks, but five to six, good ratio, including 106.2 mile an hour double into the left field corner today. Why are you watching your sweat? You just hit a double down the line today off stripling and you're grinding on swings. I need to know more. Because there are, there has been many hittable pitches in the last week or so. And I haven't felt right since the second I go into the cage in the morning, it feels like I'm fighting something. I can't, put my eye on it I can't put my finger on it. I can't put anything on it I don't know what it is I and like all the video looks similar but one thing looks off and I don't know what it is and it's very frustrating but before I had to deal with that week off for the contact tracing I felt great and then I came back and I just haven't felt right since so that is why I am grinding on video for when the season starts I know what I can get back to I think you could be 20 for 20 and you'd still grind on video though. You could be 20 for 20 with 20 homers and you'd watch video and be like, man, I know I hit this pitch out, but why didn't I swing at this pitch, the pitch before? Like, I would just be watching it to fluff myself up for the next 20 ABs. It's a good time when you're grinding on your swing and hitting 106 mile an hour doubles on the line. Like that's positive. Yeah, correct. It was great. It was two strike curveball, but there's some holes that, Still have yet to be filled. But we, we know you're there, though, with five walks. That's how we know, like, you're still feeling pretty comfortable, though. Five walks and 20 ABs, that'll play. Have you sent any swings to Nico? No, but I asked him a question. Yeah, I asked him a question yesterday, and he left me undelivered. Oh, no. Oh, no. I did. Fully. <laughs> you did you did send nico and i earlier in camp i'm sure you've sent nico way more swings than you've sent me but you sent nico earlier in camp and myself a video of a take of you taking a pitch it was such a good take too and we so came good. we came in and talked to each other in the locker room in our lockers about you sending us a take video separately i don't like how i don't like how i was not included in this conversation who? I would love to. I would if hey, if you're making fun of me, give it to me. I want to be in on it. We were just trying to keep you positive, keep you hyped up. Like, yeah, that's a great take. You stay right there with that take. That's perfect. 
No, because see, I'm glad. No, no, I'm actually not happy you told me this because then in the back of your mind, you guys are probably like, oof, there's something leaking there. That's not good. That's what you guys talk about at the field in your locker with Parse sitting in between you guys. Dude, I honestly think when we when people send videos of themselves to other people, other people don't see a difference 99% of the time. That is a great point. I think that's true. I think it's almost impossible to see in even in your own swing, but in, like in your own swing, you can you're feeling what's happening too. So you can you feel like there's a big difference, and then you try to find it on video. I think when someone yeah. else is like, ah, oh, something's off, and you look at their swing, you're like, yeah. Teammates know that. No, I feel like teammates notice other teammates like swagger change before their actual swing changes. Like a like demeanor. Mm-hmm. Like co- confidence and demeanor. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You can see it in the cage in their first round or something. You're just like, oh, boy, he's battling something. That I've, I've talked to Post a lot about this. He can tell by the way somebody walks into the cage the, the how, how that is going to go, like how their practice session is going to go. And, like, he can tell if it's going to be like they're working on something, they feel off, they're grinding, they're pissed. Or like really, it's like a dig me. Like he can tell by just the way they walk into the cage. Like I've seen, I've seen people walk in and he'll like kind of sneak his head around and look and be like, "Oh my god, what's about to happen?" He got the he got the full spectrum last year for sure. Oh yeah, in six the amount of panic that can happen in sixty games. I'll never forget when I told him. I think Ian, we I think I might have brought it up to you. I was like. Man, I would love Post's job. And you looked at me like I had 12 heads. You were like, what? Yeah. It's the hardest job in sports. You I have think to I, watch. Agreed. I, I agreed with you at the time, but I don't anymore. No, uh, no, I would. No, <laughs> no. If that job is offered, you run as quickly as possible. <laughs> no, thank you. Dealing with, what is there, four, 14 psychopaths a year trying to grind with everybody? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh. I would like to tell a story about um, today, pregame. Uh, Nico was throwing and I was getting loose. Uh, and Nico looked at me and said, today's one of those days. My glove just feels really good. Like, ball sticking in there nice. Like, you ever have one of those days? And I was like, yeah, that's a nice feeling. And then he immediately clanked two balls. <laughs> like, immediately. <laughs> was like, bang, bang. <laughs> Drop two. Like, not, e- not even like, like I wasn't paying attention or something. Like, playing catch. And I just dropped two baseballs in my chest. So... <laughs> Good place to start. Catch is hard. Catch is hard, man. But there are days. I think it's very weather-based when your glove is just the right like combination of stiffness and nice and supple, but also like holding its shape. And it's just you know, it's a good day. Same glove, back back days. It really has to do with the locker room temperature as well. Mm. If you're in like a hot and if you're in a hot and muggy locker room, that next day it's not going to feel great. You're telling me that locker room in uh, Biloxi wasn't wasn't really cold. <laughs> That's a great point. Nico, are you a firmer glove guy or a softer glove guy? Uh, I think I'm kind of in the middle of that. My glove is towards the, the very end of its life, though, so I was very proud of it today for the effort it put in. Would you like to tell the story of the uh, eBay Instagram glove? <laughs> so I was scrolling through Instagram as one does, and came across a glove page. And Noah can, no, can't tell who the human is or anything. There's a lot of cool gloves. And there's this glove. It's a Wilson glove I've never seen before. It's Japanese, like, really cool looking. I DM the guy. 
just like feeling spontaneous and I say, Hey, like, I like that glove. And we end up swapping some messages and he's a 17 year old glove collector and sent him one of my, one of my old gloves and got his glove. And now I have a Japanese Wilson glove that sits in my locker. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese Wilson model that's only made in Japan. Yeah. It's pretty cool though. And I got to show also who's like the Wilson glove uh, connoisseur who uh he's a legend japanese absolute legend he's incredible very excited to see a japanese glove so that was cool it also is japanese correct i believe so and he comes to the field he's a, he's the creator founder of wilson gloves and he comes to the field when i think the only time he ever comes is when uh, on glove day when the wilson gloves get delivered and he sits out back where with the glove bags all around him and people will come and pick gloves and then he has like a, it's like a glove hammer, right? Like he's got like a, like a wood glove hammer and he just like pounds the shit out of the gloves and like mashes them all together. He's like, a, it's, it's like, amazing oh, to see. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> like turns it inside out and you're just like, what are you doing? Your, and you're your gloves like, looking at you like this. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you're watching, you're watching him do it. And it's the craziest, like scariest thing, but he's the master. And then when he gives it back to you, it's like, yeah. I've broken in already after five minutes, right? Yeah. Dakota, how often are you on Instagram looking at gloves and DMing other people for gloves? I, I will say I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, but I'm also not – I mean, I'm a pitcher. I don't really need my glove that much other than to catch it back from the catcher, so I don't need it near as much as you guys do. That was something in high school – I was – I mean, even before that, I guess, because when my brother was in high school and then when I was in high school, constant, constantly searching eBay for gloves – and models that like big leaguers were using, like the Derek, we talked to last week about the Derek Jeter basket web. And then like Jack Wilson, who was the shortstop for the pirates. He had like the orange uh, Wilson, a 2000 I web. It was all orange crazy. Like you couldn't find it because they would do the black and orange on like East Bay and baseball express. But the all orange was like a custom for him. So you had to like go search for it. I got an Omar Vizquel glove on eBay that I used as a kid. I mean, I was all in. Did you pick better with it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're like... A good glove is all about belief. If you yeah. believe in your glove and you can just stick it out there and you know it's going to stick, you play baseball so much smoother. Yeah, like when I was 9 and 10 years old, you know, an 11 and a half is like a huge glove for a 10-year-old. So Omar Vizquel's glove was a 10 and 3 quarters. Mm. And so I, I was like, yeah, look at all you guys with softball mitts. I got this 10 and 3 quarters. I'm a pimp. See, position players, you guys break in gloves for weeks, like at practice and in like scrimmages. I'll get a brand new glove, rock hard, can barely close it. I'll use it in the game the next day. I'm See, like, hey, Dakota, whatever, still I just got a, I got my brand new glove in spring. Three days, it was, I used it in the game. Oh, really? See, I feel like you're more cautious. No, I want mine. I want my glove firm and stiff. Mm -hmm. I would like to talk about, Nico, your offseason, because uh, I got to watch some of it. I got to watch you grind in the off season. Ian fluffed you the first time he saw you back in Chicago. He fluffed you so hard. He's like, Nico is massive. He goes, he is huge now. What do you mean? Nico knows he listens to the compound every week. No, I know. I know he does, but he's bringing it back. All I did all off season was every time I was in Chicago, I just fluffed how jacked up you were. Uh, and then people started commenting on it when we got back to camp. But can you tell the people a little bit about your uh, off-season workout regimen in Chicago? I also think people would like to know that you spent 
the fair majority of your offseason in Chicago. Yeah. I think people appreciate I, that. I was in Chicago for all of the offseason except for two weeks. Um, I was home for Christmas. But, um, yeah, uh, not a ton to do compared to a normal year in Chicago, which led to a lot of a lot of working out, I think. Uh, but, yeah, I lived in Lincoln Park the whole time uh, with my girlfriend. I was bumming it at her place, but I was paying rent. Um, and pretty much like walk, walking everywhere. And I feel like that's the best way to get to know a city. So that was a, a really cool to, way to get to know Chicago. Cause before that I really hadn't spent all that much time there. So that was, that was pretty special, but yeah, getting to work out at Wrigley sure beat like public gyms these days for sure. A normal day, a normal day for you was Wrigley hitting at Stone's place. Yeah. I'd go hit. And then go to Wrigley, work out, hang out. It's kind of like the only place I was able to see other people because we were all testing and then pretty much back to the apartment. So not like the most exciting, but it was definitely definitely productive and got to know Chicago a lot better, which I'm super happy about. Wrigley was a nice place this offseason. It was like it felt like uh it felt like a safe zone. You know, when you're playing tag as a kid and there's like the safe zone, there's like the one bench. That's what Wrigley was like this offseason. It was like everywhere you go, you were panicked. And then you walked into Wrigley and you were like, oh, okay, safe. It was cool uh, seeing Wrigley in the snow too. Like just such a – it felt like such a different place. Ian, that was good. You like that analogy? That That's what it felt like. That was a pretty good one. You know what I do want to bring up? I want to mention this before we get too deep into um, this podcast is that on Tuesday – Okay, we're recording this on Sunday, but it's going to come out on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, there the Connect Roasters is going live with a little something called the Home Run Club. All right, I'm going to explain it to you guys because I know you're excited about it. It's going to be a subscription club so that everybody that wants coffee can subscribe one, two, four bags a month. It's actually going to be like a five-pound bag, I think, if you go for more than two. And then every time I hit a homer, five dinger dollars for all the people who are subscribed and they can get whatever they want on the website with their dinger dollars. And I'm very excited about this. And I know that you guys are too. Dinger dollars what? is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. What's five times 40? Five times 40 <laughs> is... Uh, That's $200. 200 dinger dollars. Ian, when was the last time a lefty even hit 40 homers at Wrigley? I love talking about this. I love the fact that, no, I think it was, can we get the research team on actually the year? I would say it was probably, I'm going to go with. Would you count though? Would you count when you do it? Great point. I would not count myself. Depending on how many homers I actually hit right-handed. You don't even use right field at Wrigley anyways. You go to left, lefty and righty. So That's a good, that's a good point. Uh, I would say, can I take a guess? Let's all take a guess on the year. I think it was 70. 1977. I'm going to go 78. Billy Williams? Yeah. It was, it was Billy Williams. Only one lefty has ever done it one time in the history of the Cubs. Billy Williams. One season, a lefty's hit 40 home runs in the history of the franchise. Been 100-plus years, Wrigley Field. I need, the, I need the weather data on that year as well. Me too. What was your guess, Ian? 77. 1970. God! And then he hit 37 – Again in 72. Does Billy Williams still play in 77? Please say yes. I will have to get the research team on that as well. But the fact that it's only been done one time in the history 
of the Cubs. Well, Schwarber, Schwarber was close, wasn't he, last year? Schwarber, yeah. hit, Schwarber hit 38, right? 2019, yeah, he was close. Uh, Billy Williams last year was 76, Ian, so it was God. definitely not 77. Idiot. <laughs> but the, I think Schwarber was actually the closest. He was the closest lefty to 40 since Billy Williams. Yeah, since 1972 when he got 37. Yeah, which is also crazy. I don't know if you'd count, though. You, you'd you have to take your right-handed homers out of your total then to count you as a lefty. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to hit 60 homers. He doesn't hit that many right. He doesn't hit that many righty. Come on. I wouldn't even count myself. I would not. I would say that that would be not fair. What if you hit 40 only lefty and then another 15 righty and you hit 55 well, on the then, fine. Then we Does can all count? go to wherever we – we can all party because it would be that count? absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Talk, we've talked about this this spring a little bit. I've talked with, the, with Post about it. But, like, the Wrigley weather, how much it plays a factor. Like, I would love to see what the weather was like that year. Yeah. Actually, funny, It was, today we were playing the Blue Jays, and it was, like, really, really windy. And Marcus Simeon, first thing he said was, like, man, it feels like we're at Wrigley. And I was like, oh, the boys are going to love this one. They came, they came in 2019 – and it was one of the days. Homer that series again? <laughs> I did, did two. Did two nice homers that series. And it was, it was blown out that series. I think two of the three days. I think maybe one day it was in. But, like, we had those midsummer nice Wrigley wins. Dakota, do you remember? Oh, no. He's toast. Oh, off of Trinan? Yeah, yeah, because he fell behind like 0-2, didn't he? And oh, like, I think he got like one good pitch to hit or something. He like fouled it off, and I was like, "All right, well, see ya." We were we were in Tacoma. We were watching in our hotel room in Tacoma. And then he hit a tater, and I was like, "Ooh, okay, maybe he can swing it a little bit." I think I still have that swing on my phone. Why would you have that swing on your phone, Zach? Why would you have? Because I asked him for it. I thought you're it was – why? What do you mean? You're such a weirdo. Whenever I see one of Ian's swings, I flip it to the righty. That's – Ian, how does that make – how does that make you feel that Zach has, like, your swings on his phone? Zach, Zach has plenty – Zach has plenty of other people's swings on his phone. I bet you have so many Nico swings on your phone, an absurd amount. I guarantee it. I actually – Did you – did Nico send you the swing the other day where he was – he was working on in the cage, getting the ball. I don't know what exactly you were working on, Nico, but it was like you were talking about how you wanted to get the inside ball that you would normally hit on the ground in there. And you're working on in the cage, and then immediately in the game, you hit a ball that would have been 20 rows deep off Keiko, but it was, the wind was blown in. Did he send you that swing? Because that was the most amazing swing I've ever seen. No. He scooped a cutter <laughs> straight up. It was so sick. There was one I saw, Nico, if he stood there, he would have gotten hit by the pitch, and he lined out to third, and it was literally the one of the most – I texted him. I was like, bro, that was the most impressive swing I've ever seen in my life. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> right across the face. We will be right back to the compound after this message from DraftKings. Opening day is here. Thank Gord. Long winter. Baseball is back, and it's back in a big way with DraftKings. The promotion they're running right now, $1 on any team. If that team gets a hit, you get $100. $1, $100 if that team gets a hit. 304 no-hitters since 1876, and only one has been on opening day. So if you pick the team that gets no-hit, my goodness. 
I mean, that, that should almost get you an equal reward. We'll talk to DraftKings. As of now, $1 wins you $100 if you pick a team that gets a hit on opening day. They've got some John Boy bets, the Kuiper that Jimmy made up, Ks plus innings pitch, minus earned runs, Cole versus DeGrom on opening day, a little New York battle. We've got AL versus NL runs just straight up. Go get it. We love DraftKings. They're letting us dance. We might be able to make up some more bets as the year goes. We're really excited for that. No better time than right now, especially with the one for $100 bet. Only at DraftKings. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code COMPOUND. When you sign up, turn $1 into $100. If the baseball team of your choosing records a hit, pick the Cubs. Done. That's promo code COMPOUND, $1 into 100 limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, minimum $5 deposit, new customers only. Winnings paid out is four dollars free bets. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Back to the compound. If a man were to spend a quarantine period in South Bend, do you have any tips on best ways to maximize that time? I, I mean, last year was even more shut down than it will be for you guys. So I literally didn't go anywhere. I would only leave to go to Meyer, or else I was just in my apartment all day. So, I mean, it's a really nice like facility, like the locker room's huge. They have a nice like hitting center out in right field. Like you'll, you'll like it. You, well, you played there, didn't you? Yeah. He was there for 24 hours. He went from there to the big leagues. Oh well, yeah, true. But no, I, there, there's not much to do throughout the day, though. No, I would I not. Would, uh, I would highly recommend going toward, if you're going to do anything, go to the university. Oh, yeah. You got to go. You got to go to Notre Dame. If, like, that's, like, where you go for, like, the restaurants and, like, coffee shops. Like, that's a great place. And it's only 10 minutes away from the field. Dakota, can you tell me how you feel about MLB saying that they're going to put more restrictions on um, – pitchers substance abuse it doesn't doesn't matter to me i would never use the stuff i would never disrespect the game in that way so i don't know uh why you're asking me i of of all i know i've never seen anyone use it so i don't i don't even you're, know what they're talking about no one the, uses it you're the pitcher so i want to know from the pitcher's perspective and i also i'm 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 learning more spots of where it's hidden it's very interesting all the all spots right. oh my god I, I could point out every single pitcher who stands on that rubber. I know where they put it. I mean, people put it inside their glove by their palm. People put it on the pinky of their glove. You'll put it inside the thumb. You'll put it under your hat. You can put it on your belt. The belt, the belt, I mean, the belt you, is a good one. Oh, I'm going to adjust my pants. There's one the other day where we every time we were like, well, there it is. It's going to the fucking belt for the sticky. But the thing is, I never would like – people use like sunscreen and rosin too but like i've never thought of it as an advantage spin rate wise which obviously it is but i've always thought of it more of i can't hold on to the baseball like sometimes when it's 95 degrees in memphis tennessee and my hands dripping in sweat that ball's not going where i want it if i don't use i mean that's that's why i sometimes use it all the time sometimes use rosin or actually pine turn your glove Zach. No, I have pine tar. Pine tar. I think the, some, of the, some of the new substances are a lot different than pine tar. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Yeah, like, no. I, I feel like just rosin 
and when it's cold too, like rosin does nothing when it's cold. Rosin, rosin is for when you're sweating. I also I don't like rosin on my bats. I don't. Some guys put like Hobby puts a ton of rosin on his bats. I don't really understand rosin. I've never really liked it. Some of the uh, what's the stuff you put in your hands so they don't sweat the powder? Rosin. Uh, is, it, is it rosin? Is it a rosin powder or is it a? The yeah, there, stuff? there is other stuff too. Like, like I mean, there's so many. There's so many things out like there. Yeah, so I've used that under my batting gloves, especially when it's in the summer, yeah. so that you don't sweat into your batting gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never liked like rosin for grip. Like some guys, guys sometimes guys will go to the back of the mound and hit the bag. Never really understood that one. All I know. I picked up a ground ball right at me the other day to flip it to second base from an anonymous pitcher. And it was in my hand. And I'm like, oh, my God, get off me. <laughs> <laughs> the ball did not want No, Nico was on, a, Nico was on the other team fielding yeah. for the yeah. other team. It was yeah. actually they a B game. Action. It was a backfield yeah. B game, 10 a.m. B game before the night game. And it was in one of my adult leagues. I played. <laughs> Swarmer? <laughs> Uh, no, but I mean, I, I obviously, if people use it to increase spin rate, which I've never even thought of it in that way, then that's obviously illegal, but like just grip wise, like wouldn't you as a hitter want the yes, pitcher to yes. have a clue where it's going? Like, I feel like you're going to see some things hit by pitches are at an all time high. I'm done. They're only going to go higher without any. Zach, grip. Are you wearing my sweatshirt, bro? No, but you actually got me. You. When you ordered that and you showed me it, I saw one online, and Old Navy was like seventy five percent off, and I said, "Yep." I, I was thinking more about the enforcement part of it. Like, I think it's going to be really hard for them actually to enforce it. And logistically, Buster only tweeted it. He said, "It said something like from the bat boys that rub up the balls to the umpire to the catcher." to the MLB official that then looks at it after the game, like there are so many different sets of hands touching it that how early it could, it could have came off a bat where there's pine tar on a bat. Like it's going to be hard to narrow it down and be like, it came from this pitcher. And then if you, if you're just targeting guys who have jumps and spin rate, then are people who use it just grandfathered in like that's impossible. Yeah. Yep. But for one, I am done getting hit by pitches. So go ahead. Yeah, Nico, did you see when Zach's life was saved by a C-flap? I'm done swinging over high heaters, so. Yeah, I mean, I would take it by pitch in a while, once in a while if it meant performing better, for sure. Very true. If I see a fastball at 2,800, I'm going to pee. Let's put it this way on if I use it or not. My fastball spins at 2,200. So if I am using it, it's not doing the job. But what's your, what's your, what's your vertical break? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> You need to really, really doctor everything now before you debut because that'll be your norm. So you yeah, got to exactly. go crazy yeah. right now. <laughs> Look, yeah. I've been doing it the last two months. Zach, do, is, are the Tigers big on technology? Are you guys hitting with Rapsodos and force plates and stuff? Um, I actually stepped in the force plate the other day, but when I was in big league camp, no. I, th- I don't even – they might have had a track man every time when we would hit. Um, but now being in mini camp or minor league camp, whatever it is, we have track man every day we hit. Um, but there's not really too much technology. I think, you know, they'll have guys like in the smart cage, like how they had it, the facility for the Cubs, like, you know, trying to get a baseline really. And then other than that, I mean, if you want to go in there, you can go in there. But 
Um, I know the p- pitching department has been going there, like in that direction. Um, but I'm not really too sure hitting wise. We have we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff. We got stuff all over the place. Nico hit off a crazy machine the other day that does like video. Nico, you said it's a video, but it's like more of a silhouette of a. It's not like actually the person. Eric Pitcher on there right now. He's like Joe Schmo with a red hat. Um, but like the machine's like is big and it the release point moves based on the exact place and distance that the pitcher releases from. So like a righty and lefty, it's coming from like really far apart. Um, and then it's entering the four pitch mix or whatever the guy has and throwing all the pitches. I was pretty impressed by it as far as like command and the shape of the pitches. I think the last thing they'll figure out is like the seam orientation and like making it actually spin like the pitcher. I don't think they'll ever be able to do that because that comes from fingers and I just don't think you can do that with a wheel, but pretty cool. And I think the next step would be having the actual image of the pitchers going through their motion and kind of timing wise getting with that. But I thought it was definitely legit. Pretty, pretty crazy that they can do that. I guess it would, it would probably be beneficial to stand up there before a game and just watch the mix, even if you didn't swing. People are like, why don't you train at baseball like the same speed that you play? And like, there's some merits that I, I, agree with that but if you take a round of bpf 95 mile an hour fastballs like the first one that you get blown up on your round is over you're not taking a good round after that like there's no chance you are mentally defeated and physically in pain and there's nothing good that's going to come out of that and then you do that two or three times now you have something that's called an injury and then you're not playing for a couple (laughs) days and like that's very that's really real and unless you can create an impact free baseball that's going to be pretty tough to do (laughs) and not that you should train at like harder levels and stuff but like that's pretty tough there's a reason why you only hit four or five times a game like it like physically hitting off of even a pitching machine when guys do like the fuzz machine like the fastball four seams like when I go in there and take one off the end of the bat or get jammed or just like one like really horseshit swing, it's like I don't it's I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it. It hurts. It's not fun. I don't want to do it. It's awful. It hurts my pride too. I know the pitch is coming. If you took fifty swings at game speed, like full out game speed off this machine, you'd be fucking gassed. It's just incredible how, like, you can put in, like, the most average – like, the guy that you're most comfortable against in the big leagues, whoever that is, and put him into that machine, and that mix looks so nasty from a machine. So there's kind of a part of you that's like, oh, God, I got to hit off that today. <laughs> just because the right. timing ele- – because there's no timing element to it, it just pops out. Just being in a cage and, like – if you ever, ever, like, hit or tracked in a cage off a real pitcher or tried to hit live off a pitcher in a cage – it feels like they're throwing from like 12 feet away. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's not correct. Well, you guys probably had to do in some indoor baseball at some point being in cold weather places. Oh yeah. Right? That is my high school and college in a nutshell. Yep. Yeah, exactly. No, we I would do, imagine. we would do lives before we would go play a school like you who was hanging out in California being all warm and shit. We would do yeah. in February, we would do lives in the cage and just be getting blown the fuck up. And then they'd be like, all right, guys, everybody ready. Let's go down and play Mississippi State. It's like, yep, this should go well. You lose every game 20 nothing. This is what we're going to do to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the compound. We're going to give some of our best memories 
I think one per person. I don't think we but desert desert island might be a little bit too many. I think we do one per person, then we see where we go. Fair. We're gonna call this segment reminiscing on the compound, and it's <laughs> it's sponsored by State and Liberty. Do you guys remember when we got State and Liberty? State and Liberty sent us a nice package, but now the compound is officially a State and Liberty podcast. There's a code compound10 gets you $10 off on stateandliberty.com. They got all kinds of, they got like suits. They got winter jackets, but like nice wool winter jackets. They got golf shirts. They got button downs. They got t-shirts. They're all over the place. And it's like, it's like V it's like a V shaped bigger chest, broad shoulders, V shaped fit. Yeah, it says it's designed for guys with bigger chest, shoulders, and back with a narrow waist. So it's perfect for me because that's to a T my body. That's exactly so. right. I, I will say that their fabrics, like what they're doing with their fabrics from a performance standpoint, like the stretchiness, they have a bunch they have a bunch of different performance fabrics, but I don't know that you're gonna touch one of those and be disappointed. I'm a big fabric feel guy. They actually I have agree. a store location in Lincoln Park, Nico. I am. I will be visiting the Lincoln Park store in the next couple of weeks. I'm very excited for that. I've actually been to the one out here in uh, the Phoenix area. Um, stuff's really great. I'm all about it. I I am a, like a large or an extra large though, just for a fit standpoint, so that people know when they're going on using that code Compound Ten. I'm usually between a large and an extra large in their fits because it is. It does slim down on the waist. Yeah, I'd say size up unless you're Jerry Stackhouse and you're just yoked and you really want to show off what you got. That's your name is Jason Hayward. Unless you're Jason yeah. Hayward, yeah, I'd say go Jason, size up. This one. would fit Jason really well. Uh, Stateandliberty.com, code compound10. Let's reminisce about the compound one year anniversary. I will start and I will start with. One of my fondest compound memories is the nightly journey post-dinner from the kitchen to the movie room in anticipation of watching Entourage. With whether it was Grimaldi's pizza, whether it was a couple bottles of wine, whatever was being carried in there for the journey that was like three to five hours of watching a television show. Like that was one of my fondest memories. I think the funniest thing of all of that is when you were considering having another bottle of wine every time. And then all of a sudden you <laughs> just be like, eh, I mean, I might as well just kind of like shrug it. You're like, I don't see why not. Might as well crack open another one. There was a, there was a couple of days when uh, I walked back in the next morning to clean up and was a little surprised with what happened the night before and how, it how much hand, we It would get out of hand quickly. Like we would all of a sudden be like, wow. It was a good amount we put down today. Who's next? Who's next? Give me another memory. Zach, Zach said he's got a good one. Obviously, during that time, we weren't going out. We weren't going out to eat. We weren't doing anything. Um, Ian had his girlfriend there, and they went out to eat for her birthday um, at a steakhouse outside, whatever it was. And to celebrate, we made the kitchen dining room area like it was a VIP room of a club and Dakota and our other friends, Sal went out, bought some decorations, you know, the champagne stuff, the, we had like 
what was the the writing that like bottle service comes out in you know how they have the signs and everything happy birthday and i mean it was one of the best makeshift celebrations like that was a blast i had a video on my phone and it was so much fun it was the best covid birthday you could imagine and dakota spent hours yep tra- tra- with the car trying to track things down it hurt it was tough because Ian gave me a list of things and it was a very long list. First of all, like there was a lot of stuff he said we needed. And then the one thing he said she really wanted was sparklers. So I'm at like party city looking for sparklers, no sparklers. I go to like the Halloween store sparklers, no sparklers. I go to, uh, they don't have Meyer down there. I went to Safeway and looked, I think I went like, I, I literally looked up on my phone fireworks and I went to two different locations that said they were fireworks, but they were like the pop-up tent ones and they were, it was just an empty lot. And I literally drove around for like an hour and I came home and I said, and I like texted Ian. I said, I couldn't find a man. I go, I gave you everything I had trying to find those sparklers and they're not, they're not available. They're nowhere but you to got, be found. But you got everything else on the list. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was a wonderful night. And also when we were on the way back, I convinced her that you guys were all going to bed and that it was, I was like, I was like, yeah, they're actually, they don't want to hang out. So they're a little tired. They're going to go to bed. And then, so when we got back, it was a real surprise when she saw the, uh, the bouncer at the front yeah, we door. We literally and, had a red carpet. Yeah. And the red carpet. We had, we had our friends out. I think it was security too. Yeah. Standing out there asking to check ID. Checking ID. Yep. Yeah, that's that's. I don't know if anybody can can top that COVID birthday celebration. Ian, you want to know my favorite? No one else here is gonna like it except you. My favorite part was oh, every single God. day on the Sci-Fi Channel. It's it had to have been every single day on the Sci-Fi Channel. Harry Potter was playing, and you bet your ass if I saw Harry Potter was on TV, I was planting down and watching at least one of them, and it literally seemed to be every single day. It was like and Zach and my roommate, so mad my, every time. My roommate and a few other guys. So my roommate is reading. I think he finished all the books the other day. Every day at breakfast, he he has his notes from what he read the following day, and they talk about it at the breakfast table. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Like, are I we serious? I uh, I would. I vividly remember Dakota going like Peloton in the morning, make breakfast. Check the TV. Harry Potter's on. He's planted. Like Eating we go breakfast. through. Like have to pull him away to play tennis. He's back to the TV. Pull him away to play golf, and then like the marathon's over. And then when we would get back, it was dinner time. But there was def- there was a lot of Harry Potter movie watching. You guys had to make me exercise, or else I just would have sat there all day. Nico? We also tried making Nico a golfer. Yeah, hey. I sent. I sent when we were. Nico was about to uh, play in the. Um, close to the pin challenge we had this spring, which actually Higgins, PJ won. I would say PJ won, right? Uh, so Nico, great performance the first time, but they texted the group with uh, who was playing and somebody said like, Nico, I sent the video of his dead shank from the par three <laughs> to the group. It was amazing. I had, uh, I had Rossi and Greeny in a group too. It was a, it was a high stakes group. But put some pressure on them. What's your... Uh, Favorite compound memory? <laughs> I feel like it was just like 
not a specific moment, but just like the general feeling that like you always knew what another person was doing. Like you were so used to people's habits that like, even if you hadn't talked to someone in a while, like you probably knew exactly where they were and what they were doing. And like, I think one image that stands out to me is like, if I didn't, if we played tennis and I didn't know where Zach was, it was likely on the floor, right? by the <laughs> Curled up with his phone, maybe a basketball yeah. as a pillow. Just like surrounded by couches and like a wonderful setup and just stuck in the middle of the grounds, sweating onto the floor uh, with a rest on like a golf ball, like on his phone. <laughs> I feel like that's just a constant image I'll always have. It was, it was really easy to find people because like I would specifically, like if it was 11 or 12 o'clock, I knew that I would have to go from the kitchen into the dining room to find Sal because he was going to be grinding in front of that cow painting. Like I knew exactly where <laughs> everybody was at all times. Dakota was probably laying on the couch watching Harry Potter. I don't know if the people know like how, how our compound grew from four to, what was it seven? Like for the most part, it was yeah, just like most of the time it was seven. So when Sal first got out there and Ian told us Dakota and I looked at him, we were like, what do you mean he's coming here? It's like, we can't have people just coming in and out, Ian. And we weren't, obviously, we couldn't say anything. We were just like, what? And then whatever, obviously, like, we did not go near this dude for two weeks. Like, this is at the beginning of everything when we thought if you looked at somebody, you might contract it. So, like, yeah, we we're walk by. We're walking hands 47 times a day and not wearing masks. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And we, we were absolutely just absolutely no logic. And Arizona was, it was the wild, wild west. There was, COVID hadn't gotten there yet. There was no rules. And we saved, we saved him from New York. To be fair, though, Sal came, and as soon as he got there, he takes his shoes off outside, his Jordans outside. He takes them off, goes in and washes all his clothes. Those Jordans weren't touched the whole two months he was there. He left them there. He didn't even wash his clothes. He put them in a garbage bag and threw them away. <laughs> Everything he traveled in, he threw away. I was and like, sanitized right. the, Sanitized the outside of his suitcases. It was amazing. We uh, and then so we got him and then Ian and Nico's girlfriend came for like the last month or month and a half or so and it was just like that was literally who we lived with for two months and it, it was, was yeah it was it our, was, we built it was our family COVID family yeah we built some great relationships like that well it was yeah. great every time we'd have like a birthday because it'd have it'd give us something to look forward to because it was kind of like the only thing we had to stay away from was like the monotony of doing the same like eventually we got sick of playing tennis and like sick of shooting free throws so it was like when we had a birthday it was like all right we got something to like plan for and look forward to we just needed something to strive towards one of my favorite memories might have been nico's birthday and walking into the kitchen and seeing all of the pasta that julia made strung up all over the kitchen on coat hangers it was amazing yeah <laughs> <laughs> look at all the pasta hey, by hand. homemade pasta and we didn't have a we didn't have a pasta cutter so she was rolling hand rolling yeah. all of them and then cutting them with a knife yeah turned out well though it was really good yeah it was amazing you know what sucks Ian I wish back then you weren't like now you're not a vegetarian anymore like I wish you weren't back then because we could have had more like family meals because like you couldn't eat a lot of what everyone but it else did, ate. Though, but like, we would all like try to have our dinners at the same time. We're like, all right, Ian, when are you starting to make yours? And then Nico and I would be like, and yeah. then Dakota would say, no, I got a, 
What did you have that you would always make? Lentils? No. no, Dakota. Dakota. Dakota would always make something. He's like, yeah, waffles? I'm just gonna. It was like a yeah, waffles. The, the, the Eggo waffles. Oh yeah, I made the power the power waffles. The, the Kodak power, yeah. power waffles. I'd make them all the time with peanut butter on them. Yeah. We would all be grinding. Like Nico and I would take like an hour to make food, whatever it was, and Dakota's just like. All right, let me know when you guys are almost done because I'll just throw mine in the toilet. Well, that's the thing. I wanted to eat with you and Nico, but I didn't want to have to work for it, and I felt bad, <laughs> like, you guys grinding over it because you guys would grind for, like, 45 minutes, and I'm like, I'm not just going to eat your food after you cooked it for me. So I, like, felt bad, but I was like, I really don't want to cook that long. Like, I don't want to have to do it. So I would just make my own quick food. And Sal and I would be making the grossest, like, lentils oh and, and broccoli. <laughs> like, the worst, the worst meal. And then just choke it down. You guys would convince yourself it looked and tasted good. And I would walk by and I was just like, tell you what, better man than me. Oh. Nico, would you put the over-under at 100 wraps eaten at the compound from everybody? From everyone combined? Easily. I mean, I, you, you alone might have had 100 wraps. I had two a day for lunch almost every single day for three straight months. Yep. But they were fire. That's, that's 180 wraps right there. Yeah. That's pretty- <laughs> I was wrapping salads, breakfast, sandwiches. I was wrapping lentils. I was wrapping it all. You'd literally make a, you'd make a black bean burger, cut it up, and put it inside a wrap Just with like all wrap. these different things. Nico and I found this one sauce that just kept us alive every day for eating wraps. It was Thousand Island dressing, got, wasn't it? No, it was some like kind of spicy but not spicy thing. We were just like, I mean, this is crack. This is crack. Yeah, we were always looking for a good sauce to put in the wraps. I also think the best part about it is when we did get that monotonous feeling. We all kind of like looked at each other one day. We were like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a wall. We timed we timed it really well though. We timed it well where we got out and then things got announced right after and then started to roll. But it was like we kinda hit we did. We hit that like once it started to get to like a hundred, hundred and five like we was like, all right. Those matches weren't happening anymore. Yeah. You know what else? Nikki photos Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> Cinco de Mayo was I was I was gonna say Cinco de Mayo is my memory because that was just a that crazy was a blast, dude. Cinco de as soon Mayo as we woke up, really we had we literally had Latin music playing as soon as we woke up until we went to sleep, and we just we all made margaritas, just so, like hung out by the pool all day. And we got literally woke. sat in the pool for like three hours just drinking margaritas, and by then I was like, I might need a nap before the rest of the day happens. Sal, Sal made an insane mixture of whatever was in that watermelon. And <laughs> like right at the beginning, he, just he was ladling it, it for <laughs> ladling it to people. And then it got brought out to the pool and it sat outside in the sun and was never touched for the rest of the day. Not <laughs> even a little bit. That oh, is such God. I remember when Sal, when Sal would eat his cereal with only a ladle spoon. He wouldn't ever use the normal <laughs> spoon. He'd get a normal bowl of cereal and get a ladle to eat with. All right. Well, Sal's ultimate moment, we've, re- we've talked about a decent amount. But Ian talked about coming back to the, the theater room and finding strange things. The strangest of all. Big <laughs> jar of pickles. Oh, yeah. Next, <laughs> next jar of sour cream. And a clear, 
a clear line of pickle going through the sour cream. No one's ever done. And he denied it, too. He denied doing it. He said, he's like, I would never, ever eat that, ever. You guys know I would never do that. <laughs> that he 100% went pickles into the sour cream, and that's just a, also, it's a bananas move. When you have a decent amount of people living together and you have one fridge, there is some consideration that goes into filling the fridge. It was a good fridge, so we were lucky. But the, the amount of volume that was taken up by pickles was incredible. He had like eight jars at a time in there. <laughs> yeah, he didn't of water as his main form of hydration out of pickles yeah. form of hydration it was important hydration was really important he would just be on the phone with his he would be on the phone with his school just walking around eating pickles at like at like 9 a.m because he'd be up at six to work on east coast time i completely yeah. forgot about all those pickles that was actually hilarious i think we would have made for a wonderful reality television show it would have oh been, my god if if we would have had cameras on us all the time Dude. it would have been absolutely hilarious Imagine the views we would have gotten after our tempers after a um a tennis match. Imagine oh. cameras following you after you lost or won after a tennis match. I would have ended up fighting cameraman. You wouldn't see Ian for an hour and a half after we lost. He'd go back to his house no. and he wouldn't talk to us for like two hours. We wouldn't see him till dinner. <laughs> we would wonder if we're playing golf. We're like, I'm not asking him if we're going. And then all of a sudden, he's coming over from the pool house in golf clothes. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I guess we're going to play golf. I would always show back up. I was always there. Zach, I'm watching a video of you drinking wine with batting gloves on by the fireplace and a bat in the other hand. I remember that night. <laughs> was that the, the scorpion ran across the rim of the fire? And we think... all freaked out. Yeah. No, Nico, that was the, uh, that was the Duke sweatshirt night. Uh, that was that night. The early days. The early days, yes. There was a lot of nights when Zach had batting gloves and his bat in the middle of the dining room. Yeah. Couldn't get enough. You know, it's funny. It, there, I've done a few interviews where they were, like, asking about the compound. And, like, they were just asking, like, how we chopped it up, if we ever chopped it up about baseball. And I said, like, the one night I'll never forget, it was, like, an hour and a half conversation just, like, talking hitting each of us had a bat and we were just like explaining one thing or another and it was just like time flew and i was just like i mean that, was that sick. is your wet dream just sitting around a fire talking shop on baseball i was like that was awesome we were just eating dinner and then all of a sudden three of us had bats in our hands dakota and sal were nowhere to be found there probably i was the gonna say room. i don't think i was there no they were in the theater room and then an hour and a half goes by and we're getting ready to watch entourage again I sneaky love the tennis outfits too. I feel like I, there would be occasional days when people would really put on, like, uh, so. Yep. Oh, <laughs> like the wristbands. Oh. <laughs> I I ordered. I specifically ordered uh, the like the headband and the wristbands, and it really it changed my game. N Nico ordered us shirts, team shirts. Team. I shirts. still wear I still mine to work one. out. Still yeah. to this day, Nico, I wear it all the time. I don't. Do, do, the, do the fans know that? Nico was at one point bought in for golf for about 10 minutes. He had he Wilson, ordered clubs. He had, I was going to say, he had Wilson merch money. So we, we brought him out every day for like a week and a half or so. And he was struggling, but Nico, very positive. He was like, no, no, no. It's like, it's fine. I'll get it. I'll figure it out. But I think, so we ordered the clubs or whatever. And after a week, he was like, I mean, I'm calling them. I am not having these clubs shipped here. I hate this fucking game. <laughs> Golf's hard, man.
It just yep. it, all it took no. was him to walk nine holes with us a couple of times and like be walking up the side of the fair all the time, like not actually be with us. And I think that was well, it. you guys walked nine, but I, I covered eighteen easily. <laughs> you saw the whole course. Yeah. I think the we scenic I think we should uh, we should do screen time before we let Nico go. And remember that that segment that we just did, which was called reminiscing about the compound, was brought to you by State and Liberty. Stateandliberty.com compound 10 for 10% off my screen time is five hours and 57 minutes one hour of that is on google maps because i was driving to go have lunch with my family today so sorry family man that's a high screen time 458 i bet you nico's gonna win today i had uh 347 it's my screen time I got 418. I got surprise Arizona back, and then I've got this call. So that's the oh yeah, this one hurt you. Oh, you're on your phone. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Then that'd be that. Sorry, sorry, no excuses, man. But but I do no longer have a home button on my phone. That's a change since I've seen. Wow. (laughs) Nico had the iPhone 4 for the longest time. (laughs) He had the original version, and it was it was insanity. Anything else uh, you guys want to get out there before we call it episode 56, a.k.a. the one-year anniversary episode? What a, what a year it's been. What a crazy what a year. year it's been. A lot, of, a lot of great things this year. Connect Roasters, Home Run Club, dropping on Tuesday. Everybody get on there, get your subscription, Dinger Dollars. We're doing Dinger Dollars. Um, this is an obvious shirt. We love Parse Rum. Parse Rums has not been with us from the beginning, but they've been our biggest supporter. We love them with all of our hearts. Nico, the bottle is going from my locker to your locker tomorrow. I'm very excited for that. Um, Parse Rum golf tees uh, were put out in the clubhouse. I think they are pretty much all taken. And don't forget that State and Liberty is giving you 10% off with code COMPOUND10, stateandliberty.com. Anything else? Anything else before we go? Nico, we love you. Thank you for coming back on and being a part of this episode. Truly an honor. <laughs> That's episode 56, the one year anniversary. Mm-hmm.